want to get into today what I am so excited about. I want to talk to you today about the stretch. Look at somebody say the stretch. The stretch. Um, and before I get into this, I want to ask, if you're watching online, do me a favor, share this message with someone. Share the live stream right now. If you're on Facebook, share it to a Facebook group. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, and then text this link to somebody. This message is not just for Christians. This message is for anybody. I'm going to share a word today that will lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus, and it's called The Stretch. Hey, do me a favor. If you really want to make me feel at home, you don't have to shout me down, uh, although my church does, because again, I am white chocolate. But uh, really what I want you to do today is will you pull out a Bible? Will you pull out a Bible, digital or physical? For all of you who are like, I don't have a Bible. You got a mobile device, you can get on a Bible today, okay? Uh, I want to be in two places in Scripture with you, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and 2 Peter chapter 3. Now, as I look out, I know there's people right now, you're disobedient, you are so rebellious, you're so hard-headed, I ain't pulling out no Bible. If that is the person next to you, I need you to snuggle up real close to them and be like, you can share with me today. He said, get a Bible. We're going to be in the Word of God. Why do I want you in the Bible? Number one, because I want you to check me. You don't know if I'm saying what's actually in the Bible if you don't look at it for yourself. We can put it on the screen. I could be preaching anything. Number two, because you don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you as you are reading it. He might say, pause from the message for a second. I got something specifically for you in this word. So you need to have your Bible out today. Can you do that for me? All right, good. Everybody, everybody now is like, all right, I'm going to get my Bible. Okay, I'm going to get my Bible. That's great. Uh, the stretch, this idea of the stretch uh, actually came from a personal experience that happened with me. It was 2018, October 26, 2018, a Friday morning. I just dropped off my three-year-old at daycare, and I was going to the gym to work out. And I'm going south on Cooper Street in Arlington. If you don't know that street, it's one of our main streets in Arlington, Texas. And I'm about to turn right into the gym parking lot. And as I do, <laughs> that is what I heard. I will never forget that sound. I, had, I have woken up with nightmares from that sound. This lady in a Chevy Silverado, brand new Chevy Silverado, was on her phone, going full speed down the street, not paying attention. As I am turning into the parking lot and my car is at an angle, she collided with the back of my little Honda Insight. If you don't know what a Honda Insight is, it's a hybrid vehicle. It's both electric and gas. I don't care about the environment. I care about saving money. That's why I drove that. If you're wondering, what does a Honda Insight look like? Think of a roly-poly, or for those of you from the north, a doodlebug, and put wheels on it. That's a Honda Insight. And so I'm in my little tiny Honda Insight, and as I'm pulling in, this brand new Chevy Silverado collides into the back of my vehicle. Now, because I was at an angle already, the collision caused my car to spin. Now, I wish the car would have just spun and slowed momentum-wise, but instead, when she hit me, the car spun around and immediately hit a tree. So I had double impact. My body was jostled. It was thrown around. It was the most extreme pain I've ever felt. When I came to, because the impact knocked me out, I'll never forget there was an amazing woman who stopped because she saw the whole thing and she called 911 for me. She took care of me. Her and her daughter were there and she just made sure, I don't even know who she was, but God bless her wherever she is right now. But I got to the hospital. They put me on all kinds of drugs, of course, you know, make me feel better. My muscles are spasming. My whole body is spasming. I'm in shock. I'm emotional. If you've ever been in this situation, you know what I'm talking about. It is the worst scenario ever. And I remember after all the treatments, CT scans, MRIs, they made sure there was no internal bleeding, nothing was wrong. The doctor said, hey, you look like you're good to go, but I want to give you a word. You are going to feel this in the morning. Little did he know 
I was going to feel this for the next two years. Every single day for two years. I had the worst pain. I would spasm uncontrollably. My nervous system, what felt like it was on fire, the left side of my body, literally, I, I mean, I can do this now. Literally, if I started preaching, my left shoulder would start twitching like this and spasming. I had pain in my neck, in my back, in my shoulder. It was the absolute worst. And so I went to see a physician. I went to see an orthopedist. I went to see an orthopedic surgeon. I went to see my chiropractor. I went to see a neurologist. I went to see anybody who said they could help me figure out what the problem was and give me a solution. Here was their solution. Here are more drugs. We're going to help you feel better. Now, I'm not opposed to prescription medication, by the way. Please listen to me. But there came a point where doctors could not figure out what the problem was. They gave me all kinds of scans. They said it might be this, it might be that. We could try surgery, but if we get into surgery and it's not actually needed for surgery, then you're going to be messed up even more. So they gave me all these drugs. I was on uh, prescription strength medication. I was on neuroblockers. I was on muscle relaxants. I was on one uh, chemical that I'll never forget. I didn't know this until I cut it cold turkey, but I went to research it. My doctor said, don't you dare do that because you can hurt yourself because this drug, I had been on it for two years, actually began to change my brain chemistry. And I can tell you that for a fact because I would stand up on a Sunday morning and I would preach like I lost my mind and it was only by the grace of God I could do that in the first place, but I would step off the stage, get into my car, and 10 minutes later, I could not remember what I had just preached. Now, I've had that experience when I'm in a sober mind, but it's just because I just poured it out. It was so good. But in this case, it was because the medication was literally changing my brain chemistry. I was a horrible person. I was in pain 24-7. I would snap at my wife, snap at our church team, snap at everybody. I hated everybody. And it was really because of what I was dealing with in my body. So fast forward to 2020. 2020 was the best year ever. Man, especially being a pastor. It was great. Now, I know here, y'all didn't have these problems, but let me tell you some of the problems I had in 2020. Not only am I in pain, not only am I drugged up all the time, but then on top of that, we had crazy things like this little thing called coronavirus. And we had people who were battling, ready to go to war on a Sunday morning of mass or no mass. Now, I know y'all didn't do that here. I know y'all didn't do that here. Then on top of that, there is this added element of racial injustice that is finally bubbling up to the public eye. And people are going, let's talk about this. And I'm going, let's talk about the kingdom of God first before we try to solve these problems. And then I had wonderful black people in my church said, Pastor, you're racist against black people because you won't talk enough about what we're dealing with. I thought, no, I'm not. And then on the flip side of that, because only a white chocolate person can get this, I had white people in my church. I was like, Pastor, you're right, racist against white people. I'm like, how can you, what? Now, I know y'all didn't do that here because you love your pastors, and y'all didn't complain. But this is the stress that I'm under. And so in September 2020, I took a sabbatical. If you don't know what a sabbatical is, it's called an extended Sabbath. You take time to rest. And really what I was doing is I was trying to get away from people. That's it. That's all. So I took 30 days off in September. My wife, my wonderful wife, she'll be here in the next service. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's, God, she's awesome. Anyway, she took the first week off with me and she said, hey, let's do this. Let's go get a couple's massage. Y'all, if you never got a couple's massage, 
Some of you are single. It's okay. Just go get a couple's massage anyway. It's, it's worth it. It's just good. It is an amazing time. I love getting massages. And so she said, let's go get a couple's massage. I said, let's do that. So we went to this uh, spa in our lane called Dyrids. We had this gift card because we're gift card people. We don't pay full price for anything. Thank you, Jesus. And so we went in there and I'll never forget this experience as long as I live. We walk in, they put us in a waiting room and they said, hey, your massage therapist will be in in just a moment. I said, awesome, great. And so uh, the first thing that happened was my wife's massage therapist walks in and she walks in, she's about my height, about six foot tall and she is skinny like a twig, really tiny. She comes over to my wife, hey, I'm gonna walk you to the room now. Okay, awesome. So my wife goes with her and I'm waiting on my massage therapist. I don't know what to expect. And in walks what I have now lovingly, adoringly nicknamed Big Mama. She was about five foot five white lady, but she looked like a power lifter. Her thighs were as big as my torso. She looked like she could bench press me. And I'm not being critical, I'm being serious. So I see her walk in and I don't think anything of it at first because she's a massage therapist, she knows what she's doing. She leads me into the room. And when you go get a massage, the first thing that your massage therapist should ask you is, do you have any trouble areas? I said, oh, absolutely. I went through a diatribe. Everything I just told y'all, I told her. Pain everywhere, pain all the time, pain nonstop. I'm trying to get off medication. I can't preach without forgetting what I preach. I need help. Oh, she goes, okay, no problem. I'll take care of you. She's real soft-spoken. Okay, no problem. You'll go ahead and just lay down on the table. Okay, great. So I put my head in the little hole there. She said, I'm going to go ahead and start working on your back. I said, oh, thank you, thank you. So she takes her thumbs and she starts pushing them into my back. And it's real, I mean, it's nice. I'm like, yes, this is great. And I kind of creep, you know, looking at my wife because she's so hot. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so she's enjoying herself. Her, her massage therapist got her thumbs in her back. That lasted for about three minutes. And she's just kind of slowly rolling her thumbs through my back. Then I felt this humid moist breath in my ear. She leaned down and she said, I'm going to work on your shoulder now. I said, okay. Have you ever been in an environment where everything is good and then something changed, but you don't know what it was? You call it the Holy Ghost, you can call it discernment, you can call it whatever, but something changed in that moment and you know it. You just don't know what it is. Next thing I know, after that moist, hot breath was this gust of wind because Big Mama had taken her thick thigh and rolled it up on top of the table next to me. She had climbed over me and now her big sausage hand was on this side of my face. Her other sausage hand is on my shoulder and before I knew it, she spent the next 50 seven minutes trying to decapitate me. Y'all, I was so hot. She literally is taking my head and just trying to pull it away from my body. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you were upset by the pain, why didn't you tell her to stop? Because I am a prideful man. And my wife is right next to me. So I ain't gonna let my wife know I'm hurting right now. No, bro. I'm all good, you got a problem, not me. But I kid you not, at one point, this is not an exaggeration, my wife is enjoying it. Her massage therapist says, how's the pressure? And my wife goes, it's, it's really good. My massage therapist, how's the pressure? It's good. 
she keeps going. I mean, she is pulling my arm behind me, trying to pull it off. She's pulling my head away from my body. It was the worst pain I'd ever experienced. Now, y'all don't know me. And if you don't have a redhead in your family, you don't know me. Redheads are the most vindictive people there are. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's mine first, God. Let me handle it. Then you can have your turn. I mean, I am hot. I cannot wait to get through this massage because the first thing I'm about to do is call my lawyer. I'm about to own this spa. I'm about to make sure that she loses her job first. I'm going to put her in front of the whole company and be like, you are fired. I'm ready for it. Two years I had suffered through pain. My expectation was not to go into a place where she was going to hurt me even more. So I get up and I'm hot. My wife gets up. They walk out of the room. And next thing I know, for the first time in two whole years, I can move my neck side to side. I can roll my arm all the way around without pain. I can lift it up to the side. I hadn't experienced that in two whole years. So the first thing I'm thinking is, Big Mama, come back. (laughs) Do it again. I walk outside, and as I'm thinking this through, the Holy Spirit told me something. He said, did you catch that? I said, no, did not catch that. What was I supposed to learn in that pain? He said, you just got your life message. A lot of people think that when the Lord puts his hands on you, it's to massage your pain away. But when the Lord puts his hands on you, it's to stretch you for the most of what he has for you. So I want to talk to you about this subject, the stretch. Everybody say the stretch. So I had to go to the Bible because I don't just like it when the Holy Spirit gives me something. I got to match it up to the Bible. By the way, all of you who got a word from the Lord every five minutes, you better make sure it matches up with your Bible before you be telling everybody about it. Anyway, so I went to the Bible. I said, what does it say about the stretch? And here's what the Lord led me. In Mark chapter two, verse 22, this is what I want to show you. In Mark chapter two, Jesus is with his disciples and they're supposed to be fasting and they're not fasting and the Pharisees are real upset about it. And Jesus makes a statement to them. He said, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Somebody say new wineskin. They pour new wine into new wineskins. What Jesus is saying, he's using a cultural reference to wine being poured into animal wineskins. They literally would use animals. They'd cut off the head, cut off the tail, they tied off both ends, and they would pour wine into it. If they did not renew the skin from the inside out first with oil, well, what happened is when you pour the wine in, now I know none of you drink wine here, um, I don't either, but I had to go research this. I had some heads look up like, excuse me? Anyway. Um, There's some different chemical reactions that happen. It's not just ethyl alcohol that happens when wine ferments. There's electrolytes that happen, sugars that begin to form. And the chemical reaction causes a gas that will actually push on the outer layer. That's why now wine is in glass bottles instead of wine skins. But in ancient times, they would do this. And so Jesus is saying, if your wine skin has not been renewed first and you pour new wine into it, it will stretch the wine and it will break. And the wine is then ruined. So what I want to do is I want to renew the wineskin first, pour some new wine in so that as it stretches, it is bearable for you. 
But here's what I learned. I went to this message with my church and I said, I'm gonna teach you about the stretch. And I got people who were real mad at me because all I taught about was the wineskin. So I thought I'd show you why my church got mad at me. Can, Peter, can you come help me? Do y'all remember Stretch Armstrong? Okay, those of you over the age of 30 definitely do. For those of you who are a brand new generation, Gen Z, let me introduce you to Stretch Armstrong. Can you grab his other arm there? Look, this is Stretch Armstrong. We loved Stretch Armstrong as a kid, man. You could just stretch him as far as you wanted. He was a super hero. Now, can you take Stretch Armstrong and do me a favor? Will you tie Stretch Armstrong up? Go ahead and stretch him as you want, but tie him up. Wrap his arms around his head and legs and, and stuff. Some of you are like, I used to be that flexible back in my day, hallelujah. Yeah, take his legs too. Wrap him around his face and yeah, just like that. That's good. Pull him up. Yeah, just, yeah. Some of y'all used to be able to do that. Now you can't at all. I can lift my head leg this high. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah, oh boy, you're good. Okay. Okay. Oh, I need him for second service. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Oh, he came, he came loose. You're going to do him again. See? Thought he had it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Come on, give him a round of applause. This is not easy. He's got that. There we go. There we go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you, sir. You can have a seat. Thank you. Hey, this is why people got mad at me when I preached on the wineskins, because everybody in my church was feeling like this. Can I tell you something? If you think when God stretches you, it's to make you look like this, you lost sight of who God really is. This isn't what God does to stretch us. This is what other people do when they stretch us. This is what the devil does when he tries to stretch you. Now, let me take it personal for you. This is what you do to yourself when you try to do things your way and not God's way. This is what happens when you don't have healthy boundaries in your life and you let everybody dictate what you're supposed to be doing and where you're supposed to be. What you do is you begin to stretch yourself in such a way where it is constantly painful. Can I show you how God stretches though? Hey, can I give that to you? Otherwise it'll be a distraction. I'll, not for y'all, for me. I wanna play with it while it's up here. This is how God stretches. He breathes new life into you. He stretches the whole of your capacity. He doesn't pull at different areas and go, oh, I just want this area now. He wants every part of you. Whew, I felt that anointing when it blowed on me. That was good. That was good. And so my message for you today is all about the stretch. And so I wanna to explain to you what this looks like in the context of a church. Because I'm a pastor myself, uh, just like Pastor Adam and Pastor Jonathan and every other church pastor, we have to get up 52 Sundays a week and we have to have a fresh revelation for you because we don't got a fresh revelation for you, you don't wanna show back up. And so we have to get some word out. We gotta, get some, we gotta pour into you, we gotta do something. And you know what? I used to get really frustrated when we first started our church because people would ask me this question. Pastor, what do you do? I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, what do you do? And it was really a challenge. It was them challenging my authority. Basically to let me know I really didn't do anything. Because people think it's really easy to get up here, write a message and just speak it out. I dare you, please, I dare you. They get mad at me, what do you do all day? And I used to like try to figure out how to, you know, word it so that they would make me, they would feel better about what I did and they feel like I was a good pastor. And at one point I got really mad about it 
Somebody asked me, what do you do? I said, I do everything you won't do because your lazy self won't show up and volunteer like we asked you for the past two years while you ain't tithing, ain't giving, ain't doing nothing. I I cover your behind so your children can be in children's church. My wife back there with your crying baby because your lazy self. Okay, anyway, so that was a different. Don't do that. And then one day the Lord released me. He said, here's how you answer this question from now on. I help people grow spiritually. What do you do as a pastor? I help them grow spiritually. And I've even more, I've I've evolved this a little bit more. Now I help people get stretched. This is what I do. I help people get stretched. People who don't like that don't like me as their pastor, but I help people get stretched. Let me show you what this looks like in Colossians chapter one. This is the apostle Paul. If you don't know who Paul was, he was a Killer guy, man, literally. He killed Christians for a living. This is what he did. The Bible nicknames him the destroyer of the church. And he had an encounter with Jesus. His eyes were open spiritually and physically. And then he became God's voice on the earth. He begins to help all these different regions in Europe start churches. And he leads them and he guides them through letters. And one of these letters is this church, the Colossian church. And I want to read this from the Amplified Classic. Now, I know some of you don't know. You're like NIV, NKJV, whatever. I'm in the Amplified. The Amplified takes the the basic message and it amplifies it so you can have a better understanding. And here's what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. It says, him, speaking of Jesus, him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom. This is what Pastor Adam is trying to do every single week. Check this out. He wants to instruct you in wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God that we may present every person mature. Check this word out. Fully grown. Some of y'all need to grow up. Fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. In other words, what Paul is saying is, I want you, when you look in the mirror, not to see you. I want you to see Jesus. But verse 29 is what we feel as pastors and ministers sometimes. For this I labor unto weariness striving with all the superhuman energy which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. Pastor Adam has superhuman energy, if you haven't noticed. God hasn't given me that blessing yet, but I'm praying for it. So as a pastor, this is what I want to do. I want to stretch you, which means I've got to get refilled with what God has for me. Because I want Jesus to look at you and see you as a mirror, not see you as the enemy. I want him to look at you and go, oh my gosh, that's my child, and they know it. But that requires me to stretch you. But what some people don't understand is how this feels. So let me give you a little bit of insight into how this feels as a pastor. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 8. Let's start there. It says, for even though I did grieve you with my letter, I don't regret it now, though I did regret it, because I see that letter did pain you, though only for a little while. Paul says, yet I'm glad now, not because you were in pain, but because you were pained into repentance. Here's how the Amplified defines repentance. You turned back to God because you felt a grief such as God meant you to feel so that in nothing you might suffer loss through us or harm for what we did. For godly grief and the pain that God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil. And check this out. It never brings regret. But worldly grief, the hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world is deadly. It breeds and ends in death. Can I tell you something? 
Worldly grief gives birth to more grief, gives birth to more grief, gives birth. Worldly pain gives birth to more pain, to more pain, to more pain, to more pain. Here's what Paul is saying. He said, I wrote you a letter a couple months back, and, and what I said in there was to cause you some pain. I wanted you to see that the way you were acting, the words that you were saying, the way you were treating one another, I wanted you to see that it was wrong. And so I told you some truth in this letter. Now, I want you to imagine this. Have you ever got a text message from somebody and you misinterpreted it and you didn't like what they said and you, they said it with an attitude? How do you know if somebody said it with an attitude? You don't know if somebody said it with an attitude or not. It's letters on your screen. This is what was happening in the church. Paul was in jail and he's writing a letter to the Colossian church and they get it and the pastor gets up and he don't like it. He's like, well, Paul says some of y'all are heathens and you need to stop doing this and that, and you need to stop looking at porn, and, and, he's, and apparently here, apparently we're not supposed to be sleeping around with everybody. Uh, <laughs> he thinks he's better than us. And so Paul writes him a second letter, and he says, listen, I want you to understand something. I wanted that letter to cause you some pain, but I wanted, you to, uh, wanted it to cause you some godly pain. You know, sometimes we think that Christianity is rainbows and unicorns. It's all good. As long as I got some lucky charms with Jesus, I'm happy. Do you know that you can not show me one scripture in the Bible that says that God wants you to be happy, but I can show you many where it says he wants you to be holy and righteous and have the spirit of unity? See, this is what the stretch is all about. And so here's what it looks like for a pastor, not Pastor Adam, because I know y'all never confront him to tell him you didn't like his message. By the way, let me catch you doing that while I'm here. Anyway, I'm not afraid to go back to jail. Anyway, okay, so... I will preach messages and I will say truth, truth with grace. Now, it doesn't always look like grace because sometimes my face doesn't show the crowd that I'm actually happy about what I'm saying. I'm a redhead, forgive me. But I will speak truth. You need to stop this. Why? Jesus loves you too much. He has called you to stop being this way. Stop doing these things. Here's what'll happen. I see faces like I see out there. Listen to me, Jesus We can pick that up. And here's what people don't know though. Is when I get in the car, the first thing that I do is I listen to the message I just preached. And it grieves my heart. Because I know that when I preached it, I hurt somebody. I know that the truth just pierced their heart. I know that they were just confronted with their sin and it did not make them feel good. It caused them some pain. And I will get in my car and because I love the people in my church so much, I'll say, God, did I have to say it that way? Did I really have to preach on this subject? The Holy Spirit will say, absolutely. Then here's what will happen. Six months later, same person who, when I preached that message, came up to me right after the service, got this close to my face. By the way, when you're drinking coffee in the morning, don't get this close to my face. Look it right in my face. Can I talk to you, Pastor? Uh, yes. I don't agree with what you said. I don't like this. Here's why. And they have this diatribe of information as to why I was wrong. Six months later, that same person comes back and I realize they're just a close talker. Hey, pastor, can I have some, a moment of your time? Yes, back up though. I want to tell you something, pastor. What's that? Six months ago, you preached about this. Do you remember that? 
No, by the way, we don't remember what we preached six months ago like you do. God bless y'all that you got that good of a memory. I don't, I'm on to the next thing. You preach this and I want to tell you something. I was really upset with you. I'm like, all right, let's throw down, bro. What you got? No, no. Uh, I was really upset with you. Okay. But I want to tell you this. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. If you hadn't said it just like you said it, I would not have repented. If you didn't say it just like you said it, God would not have moved in my life. If you didn't say it just like I said it, I would not have felt that grief. But when you said it, it made me so mad and I kept coming back with stank face and I'm like, yes, I know, I see you every single Sunday. And I mean, I had to chew on that and sit on that, but God began to convict me. Thank you for speaking the truth so boldly like that. Because you said that, God stretched me. That's what it feels like for us. Pastors don't wanna cause you harm. They want you to be injected with holiness. We don't want you to grieve when you leave here. We want you to feel the righteousness, know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But that means that we have to speak truth to you. So what happened in that scenario? That person had one step forward in their spiritual maturity. They were stretched in such a way that God said, yes, now I can pour into you. So I wanna give you two quick things. I'm about to close. Let me give you two quick things real quick. Two things that come with the stretch. Two things that come with the stretch. Here's what the stretch simply is. The, the stretch is simply spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. Somebody say spiritual growth. Number one, spiritual growth comes with pain. Spiritual growth comes with pain. You can't escape it. You can't get away from it. Spiritual growth comes with pain. When I was a teenager, I was having this problem when I was about 12 or 13 years old. Uh, my body began to hurt in the middle of the night. My legs begin to hurt. My joints begin to hurt. My arms begin to hurt. My torso begin to hurt. I thought I was dying of cancer. I thought this is it. This is how I go. I'm 12 years old. I lived a good 12 years. This is awesome. So I went to the doctor for my annual physical and after turn your head and cough, he was like, got any questions? That's a weird conversation to have right after that moment. Ladies, you don't understand, it's all right. But he said, you got any questions? I said, yes, I need to tell you something, doctor. Um, I am experiencing this excruciating pain. I'll wake up in the middle of the night. My arms are hurting, my joints are hurting, what's happening? And my doctor was a little bit coy with me and he smiled and he said, Stephen, you're fine. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, you're absolutely fine. I said, what is happening? He said, you're just experiencing growing pains. Just growing pains. Now, like any smart 13-year-old, here's what I asked. How do I make it stop? My doctor, with all his wisdom, he just kind of chuckled. And he goes, <laughs> stop growing. So can I love on you for a second? There's some of you that in the past two years, God began to stretch you. He began to stretch you. He tried to pour something new into you. And when it hurt, you said, stop because you did not receive the revelation that spiritual growth that comes from God comes with pain. And you think that pain is caused by every other source. Did you know the Bible says God can cause you pain? Spiritual growth is caused, is caused by pain. When God begins to grow you and stretch you and pour into you, yeah, there's gonna be some pain. Now, up until this point, I know I've had that moment where everybody's going, oh, dear Lord, will he shut up about stretching and pain and all that stuff? Let me get to the good part because this is my favorite part of this entire message. This is the part where you need to stand up, swing from the chandeliers because you're so excited about this. Not only does spiritual growth come with pain, but let me tell you something that I've experienced in my life and I'm so grateful for. Spiritual growth doesn't just come with the pain of God. It comes with the grace of God, the limitless grace of God, the unmerited, undeserved grace of God. But what does grace look like? We all got a different definition for us. So 
Let me show you from Second Peter verse, uh, chapter three, verse 18. But grow in grace. Somebody say grace. Undeserved favor and spiritual strength. Grow in grace and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Because to him be the glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. The stretch is intended to grow you, but God never stretches you without pouring out grace on you as well. God is never going to cause you to grow without his grace because without his grace, you'll want the pain to stop. But when the grace gets on you and you feel some pain, you know that God's taking you to a different level, to a higher level, to a new level. God's gonna stretch you to start a business you didn't know you were supposed to start. And when it gets hard, don't pray for God to take his hands off of you. Pray for God to pour more grace into you. Get some strength inside of you. It's time for the church to get bold again, not because we want to be right, but because we want to see righteousness. It's time for some of y'all, you need to stop complaining that the church doesn't look like, like it did 30 years ago. God didn't want the church to look like it did 30 years ago. You know why? Because that was for that time and God's doing a new thing. And now he's stretching pastors and he's stretching leaders and he's stretching you in the crowd and he's saying, get up off your tail and say, how can I serve the mission and the vision of this house? And when it hurts, God give me more grace. Some of you, you're going to have to have the most uncomfortable conversations with your students. The people you gave birth to are asking you to cause them some pain. They want you to hurt them. Why? Because they want you to speak truth into them so that God can fill them and they can feel the stretch. When you avoid the stretch, you avoid the pain because you'd rather be comfortable than be righteous. Can I tell you something? God cannot use you. So here's where some of us were. Okay, I felt the stretch, but then I got broken. Let me explain to you what that is. I've been stretched, I've been broken. And as somebody who's experienced both, I will tell you, I'd rather have God's hands on me to stretch me than to break me. The only time God had to break me is when I hardened my heart. When my wineskin turned into a glass jar. When God couldn't get in there because I was trying to hide everything. I came to tell somebody today, God has got a stretch for you. God is ready to stretch this church. Stop complaining about what happened in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and don't complain in 2023 and 2024. Don't look at what the government is doing. The government sits on the shoulders of Jesus. That's what my Bible says. Stop complaining about what has happened to you and ask God, how can I be stretched through this? Give me more grace for this. And this is usually where everybody's on their feet. They're like, Stephen, we love this message so much. This is awesome. Thank you for this word. I'm so excited to be stretched today. No, that's never what happens. I've been many places and preach this message. And I said, God, I'll preach it until you tell me to change it. And by the end, it's this. It's that solemn understanding that right now you just got a smack in the face with some truth. Right now, you sense it. The things you've been going through, God's been trying to stretch you. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray for those of you who you say yes, I, I've been stretched or I'm ready to be stretched or I'm being stretched. And I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet, but here's what I wanna do first. I just wanna pray it this way because I wanna preface this. 
I'm not going to pray for God to stop stretching you. I'm going to pray that God causes you some pain today. I know you're like, no, don't have him back, PA. No, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm going to pray for God to cause you some pain. Pain that leads to repentance. Pain that causes you to walk in your purpose. Pain that causes your kids to repent and turn back to Christ. Pain that causes you to be literally a world changer in your world. Pain that causes some reconciliation in your family. Pain that causes you to honor your leaders. Pain that causes you to look back to Jesus as you did on day one. But I'm also gonna pray for grace. I'm gonna pray for the limitless favor of God, supernatural strength for you to walk out everything that God has for you. Because this is my story. I'm not standing here today on this platform or any other platform because I'm just a good communicator. I mess up my words, I forget my notes, I'm a redhead, I offend people constantly. I'm being used by God in the way that God anointed me to be used, which by the way is not the same way he's anointed you to be used. Because I said, God stretch me, cause me some more pain. And when he did, he poured out his grace and I was able to grow. So if you're here today or you're watching online, if you're here today, stand to your feet if you say, yep, okay, God, cause me some pain, I'm ready for this. By the way, this is not for everybody. I I don't like to be that guy who makes you feel like you have to stand up. If you don't wanna get stretched, please don't stand up because this prayer will happen for you. I just wanna warn you, this prayer will happen. I've I've left churches two months later, they're like, Stephen, bro, I, I want you to understand this is going to happen. If you're watching online, just do me, put praise hands in the chat. Just say, yep, that's me. Or just say, I'm ready to be stretched in the chat. Let, let your chat host know, let your online pastors know, this is what I want to pray. Do me a favor. If you're able to, just lift your hands as high as you possibly can. If you didn't wear deodorant, just call them down a little bit like this. You're just good. That, okay, that's perfect. I want you to be completely receptive to this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, stretch your church again. Stretch your church again. Stretch your church again, stretch your kingdom again. God, we are not in this for the, the, the revelation, personal revelation. We're not in this for, for personal approval. We're not, we're not in this to get known. We're, known. we're in this to grow your kingdom, to make the name of Jesus known. I pray, Lord, for this church. Pour out your spirit again. Stretch them. Cause them pain in places they didn't know you were trying to reach. Stretch their entire capacity in Jesus' name. Pour out new wine right now. Renew their hearts, renew their souls in Jesus' name. Now, God, pour out your grace on Hill City Church. Pour out your limitless favor and grace in Jesus' name. Let them know they've got the strength to keep walking, the strength to keep stepping in Jesus' name. Lord, pour out freshness for them, for what you have. And I pray over every student in this house, pour out new grace for this generation, Lord a grace we haven't even experienced in our lifetime. Raise up leaders, God, stretch them and resource the previous generations to help them be on mission, be on purpose, live out what you've called them to do. I pray for things to spring up through Hill City that were unimaginable before today. I pray for you to stretch your church, but with every painful moment would be an overflow of grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us online here at Hill City. We're so honored that you would take the time to join us remotely and to celebrate the goodness of Jesus. I hope that word spoke to you. I hope that you were blessed today, and I hope that you are encouraged to go forth in the confidence of Jesus this week wherever you are. If you made a decision today uh, to serve Jesus for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Would you text DECIDED to 469-606-2684? And uh, we want to respond and again, just connect with you and celebrate the beginning of an amazing discipleship journey with Jesus. Don't forget, next week we are here again, same place, same time, 9 o'clock and 11. And until then, we hope you have an amazing week.